0: out uh-huh. this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Five Star Movie Podcast, a movie podcast from two guys who anxiously await the election results here in the U.S. and who also sometimes watch movies. I am
1: Ryan Hurley, and I'm here as always with my esteemed co-host. Sam Wolf Cool is here. Excited to be here. Happy to be here to talk about some, some more Oscars
0: it's a it's a, It's fun just with everything going on, to be like, "Ah, uh, we can just uh, take an hour and talk about some movies for a bit." <laughs> talk
1: about a good movie year.
0: Yeah, a, a surprisingly like solid lineup of movies, really like from top to bottom, not not any that i I hated here.
1: I think I liked all of them. Wow. This, that's hard to do, especially well, with nine, ten movies.
0: Like, like strangely, the Oscars like did a good job. This well, we'll, we'll kind of get into it. They did a good job nominating movies, though, at least.
1: Well, it didn't nominate Kickass, so I mean, that's true. They do a good job.
0: Where's the uh? Where's the nomination for the other guys oh, or um?
1: Red. I have a friend that like. The other guys is like his favorite movie ever. And I'm like, I don't remember a thing about this movie and I've seen it.
0: (laughs) It it is like genuinely a movie where if you if you just watch it over and over again, stuff like just gets stuck in your head and then and then like you just can't unhear it, if that makes sense. Like you just keep repeating it. (laughs) Pretty much.
1: Maybe I'll rewatch it someday. I don't really have. I don't have a lot of interest in watching it again. I'll just have <laughs> to Yeah. Yeah,
0: I'll just uh I'll just quote the movie at you and you'll be like,
1: oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks for this. This is great. I got it. all right. Yeah,
0: that that movie did happen. What have you been watching lately, Wolf? Well,
1: <laughs> I've been keeping busy watching movies and I think fun fact, if this podcast doesn't go super long, I might finish up watching weekend at Bernie's.
0: There you go. That's a fun one.
1: Um I my girlfriend and I both love I like how we say love, but like we rarely actually like really think the movies are great, but we really like a nice cheap horror movie. And Blumhouse uh-huh. treated us to four of them on Prime. We watched The Lie, which I don't think was supposed to be a part of this because it premiered in 2018, had Joey King, had Peter Sarsgaard. It wasn't great. It had a big twist. (laughs) And I feel like they didn't really know what to do to fill time until the epic twist. And by the time the twist hit, I was pretty much already out of the movie.
0: (laughs) That's always disappointing when you're like, okay, well, this would have been cool like 20 minutes ago.
1: Yeah, it was like, eh, mm, Joey King was annoying. But, I mean, it was 2018, so that movie was supposed to definitely be... Something else, but I guess they just never really pulled the trigger on it, which I don't know. I probably would have gone to it if it premiered in the theater. I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's really missing out on just getting like the, the the random people just look, like like you just being like you know what horror movies are always better in the theaters anyway. Like I may as well just show up.
1: Yeah, yeah. that would have been nice. Oh well, and then the another one I didn't like at all was Evil Eye, which here's the plot to Evil Eye: this woman. Like, this girl meets this guy, and it turns out that he's actually the reincarnated version of an abusive boyfriend of her mother's.
0: Oh, man. Wow. Okay.
1: (laughs) That just sounds like fun, fun abound. <laughs> the majority of the movie was the mom and daughter like talking on the phone to each other. I was like, "Good God, like they they called each other like at least twenty different times in the film alone. There was a really cool seven minute stretch, and that was basically the movie.
0: Hey, man, why actually have a main character in the movie when you can just constantly be calling her throughout the movie?" Instead? It was awful.
1: <laughs> but the one movie I actually thought was pretty good was nocturne which had sydney sweeney and madison eisman two like early 20s up and coming actresses madison eisman you might know from the new jumanji series and uh, okay sydney sweeney is euphoria and that's all i can think of for her so far but um that movie would actually remind you a lot of black swan. It's maybe just like a little less showy and flashy because it probably had an eighth of the budget, but, (laughs) but it was a pretty good movie and Sydney Sweeney like really carried it. Um, I think she's a really good actress. I think she has a really, really good career ahead of her. She does a really good job of like, just, like her facial expressions are like like are just ridiculous. Like they're they're like right in the moment. They're exactly how you think she'd feel. She always looks like she's about to cry. It's pretty impressive.
0: It's gonna be exciting to see like what the people from Euphoria do because that really made like it really made a big splash and a lot of them are like young, interesting actors. Like I I hope I hope she keeps taking roles like this, Sydney Sweeney. Two,
1: two follow ups on that. City Sweeney was one of the Manson girls in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's kind of exciting. Oh, okay. Oh, she was in Sharp Objects. Oh, it's her and Eliza Scanlon. Oh, oh, oh. And then um, the Euphoria people. I mean Zendaya's like the they, they've already crowned her like the queen of the world. At this yeah, point. seriously. But like, Maud is a good actress. Jacob Jacob Elorrieta is a good actor if he can just like maybe stop making kissing booth movies. <laughs> but uh, you, you never know. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean that's a good, a good young cast. Oh, and the other girl, I, I don't know her name, but she was in uh, Unpregnant with Haley the the buddy like the buddy comedy abortion movie on HBO Max. <clears throat>
0: look at looking up her name I don't as, know her name. as we... I'm pregnant. I I don't know if we talked about this. I'm pregnant. It uh sounds like it should be a horror movie. <laughs> but just
1: by the title. I'm pregnant. Hey man, it is a horror movie that this poor girl, since she was under eighteen, had to drive just hours and go through the craziest moments just to be able to get an abortion. That's true. <laughs> It work like a
0: real life horror type of thing. Barbie Ferreira is yes. the,
1: the actress. she's uh she's got a weird arc in Euphoria, so it's kind of nice to see her <laughs> maybe be a little more for herself And I'm pregnant. I don't know what. Haley <laughs> Lou Richardson's engaged. Oh, oh, who's this man? Brett Dyer. He's Canadian. Oh, good for her. I'm. I'm. You know what? If Haley Lou is happy, I'm happy.
0: This is a. Uh... This is breaking news here on the, on the Five Star Movie Pod. That's shocking good for her,
1: man. She's been engaged since 2012. How old is she? Oh,
0: since 2012. They, they've
1: been together since 2012. Oh, good for her. Anyway, I, wow. I will not bother. I was going to
0: say that's well. That's not. That's not going to happen.
1: Well, she's she's uh she's doing good. Haley Haley Lou needs to make six movies a year for me to be a happy person. <laughs>
0: HBO Max should just keep churning out her her movies.
1: Where's Haley Lou's Emily in Paris? That'll happen someday. <laughs> Hailey Lou in Paris.
0: She's playing herself. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what have you been watching lately? This this week I've it's been a lot of the Oscars, uh, but I, I kept up with like some of the horror stuff, so I watched the first Evil Dead from nineteen eighty one. And I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a fun movie. It's, uh, like, shocking how g- good all, like, the blood effects and, like, some of the, like, horror gag things uh, hold up. And the just, like, I thought it was really well done. I, I need to go through and watch the other two now because I've, I've only really seen pieces of Army of Darkness, which is, like, I feel like a random place to, to have watched some of those movies so but uh so i'll keep going but i i liked the first one i it was a good place to start i think
1: was it a little overhyped for you i feel like evil dead is like this incredibly hyped like this is the best horror movie ever movie
0: it kind of was yeah like even if i even if i definitely enjoyed it like it definitely yeah people I think you, you lose sight of how, like, humble of a movie it kind of is it, just by listening to what people say about it. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, you would think, like, oh, this is, like, th- this is going to, like, destroy me with how good it is. And I watched it, and I was like, yeah, it's a good movie. I like it. Uh, but, like, people don't really talk. People really, really pump it up a ton.
1: I like the second one. The sec- I liked, I like the second one more. There's just like, there's just more happens. And uh, also Evil Dead is the movie that I famously was watching when the NBA shut down due to coronavirus. <laughs> Honestly, like an omen for things to come, really. Yeah, that was a uh, tough time looking back.
0: The, um, the NBA shutting down due to coronavirus was the weirdest thing ever because... For me, it was like I was just sitting in my office at work, just like looking at my phone on Twitter, and then I'm like, "Oh wait, what's what's happening here?" And I was like, "Oh, this is bad." Yep, it was bad. <laughs> Sounds like a similar experience to you. Like you're just watching Evil Dead, and you're like, "Oh shit, that's not good." I was like, "Oh no." What
1: uh, what else have you been watching lately? Uh,
0: I also watched Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is a uh, the Johnny Depp. Uh, Benicio del Toro movie, uh, directed by Terry Gilliam, where they're playing Hunter S. Thompson and Dr. Gonzo, just a super fun movie. And I went as, uh, Johnny Depp in this movie for Halloween. So figured I'd give it a shout out here.
1: That's a fun movie. I love it. Why not? That's fun. It was like really an excuse
0: to like, not have to dress up too, too much on Halloween, like uh, it just basically meant like wearing a bucket hat and a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know what? That's a that's a okay Halloween costume for me. I was happy.
1: That's very easy to pull off, right there.
0: We were originally thinking of of doing uh like characters from The Thing, and then uh, like quickly realized that like oh wait this means I'd have to wear winter clothing in Los Angeles in like 60 degree weather. Yeah. I don't want to do that.
1: You guys should have been characters from support the girls.
0: There we go. You know, I would have been into it. I don't know if I, I could have gotten anybody else to join me in.
1: You would have been comfortable.
0: Yeah. I would have been feeling the breeze on the, on my exposed chest.
1: I'm really happy I'm that I felt the need to bring up Hillary Richardson, because at some point, when we talk about True Grip, we're, I'm going to force us to have a Haley Lee Richardson conversation.
0: <laughs> Haley Lee Richardson or
1: Haley Steinfeld in the role? I don't even think it's close to who the better actress is. But <laughs> um, I have a quick question for you before I put us yeah, let's off hear it. track. Uh, let's hear it. Besides Mank, which it seems like every critic has watched and has felt as the best movie of the year, what other film are you looking forward to that Oh, what why does this even say? Who cares? I'm not. I'm just gonna pretend I don't read anything. What other film are you looking forward to this year that you know for sure is coming out? And by this year, I don't mean like 2020, like 2020, but like a movie that you know is set to come out before like the Oscar deadline, whatever that even is.
0: Um, I think I'm most excited for Soul to mm. to come out. That's probably the one I'm like looking forward to the most. Of course, Mank too. But like those are definitely like the two where I'm, I you know like sitting here knowing I probably won't be able to go to a theater anytime soon. I I can at least like at least like rest well knowing that those will come out. Those can be like a nice little like shot in the arm, something to watch,
1: uh, and I I can enjoy those from the confines of my home. I forgot about that. Yeah, Soul that'll be like my Christmas present. It's getting to wake up on. Christmas morning put soul on the TV. That'll be awesome.
0: Yeah, that'll be a good time. Like, make you just feel good for a little while.
1: My uh my movie event of the year is freaky. Uh it comes out next week in theaters, which I've not been to a theater since ten because like there's just hasn't been anything worth spending the money on uh to go to. Everything everything looks terrible that comes out in theaters. So but my girlfriend and i we love we love this kind of movie same director as happy death day which i freaking i think that movie is like the best iteration of the whole idea of groundhog day since probably groundhog day um will tell you i like it more than groundhog day just because i'd rather do a horror movie than than groundhog than day a comedy. but uh i mean anyway you got you got to shout out where it came from um So, Freaky is basically going to be Vince Vaughn, who's a serial killer, just swapping bodies with Catherine Newton, who is a high schooler. And then, I watched the trailer. There were about, like, seven deaths in the trailer. Like, I think this movie's gonna rock because I think Catherine Newton, we've seen her in enough things to know that she has, like, the weird manic energy to probably be able to pull this off pretty well. And Vince Vaughn just you know... He's just—he just likes to do different types of things, and I think he's just gonna bring—he's uh, gonna bring his peak peak Vince Vaughnness to this film. I hope.
0: <laughs> it's also combining two things you love, which is horror, and then teen movies. It's just like it's like it's
1: designed for you. There's, I just need like a slasher, a rated R slasher in my life, and we're getting it. I uh, I was looking up Catherine Newton to see what else I know her from. Because all I really know her from is a couple episodes. I, all I thought I knew her from was a couple episodes of Big Little Lies that I watched and an episode of Society on Netflix that my girlfriend watched. She was actually some kind of interesting. But she was in Blockers, which I like. Oh, yeah. And she was in <laughs> Three Billboards Outside of Missouri. She was uh, Francis McDormand's daughter who was burned oh. and raped and burned and killed, if you remember correctly. I yes. I totally
0: forgot that was her. I definitely remember that that happened to her, which yes. is uh, <laughs> harrowing to think about. I didn't realize that that was her. Neither did I. There, but, uh, yikes. There's always those little parts where that people get where you're like, oh, yeah, I guess it was them. I just wouldn't know known who they were.
1: I, uh... I like the blockers more than three billboards. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't
0: know if that's a hot take. (laughs) You know what? Uh, I'll I'll just say here, three billboards
1: overrated. I remember I went to that with my dad and uh, we like left and he was like, there was a lot of swearing in that movie. And I was like, (laughs) there was.
0: That's a very like parent take on a movie. It reminds me of my dad seeing uncut gems and and we left we left the theater and uh, the only thing he has to say is just like why do they all have to talk over each other?
1: Like my dad, I don't know why my dad <laughs> one movie a year he wants to see and it's always like a super misguided thing from the Chicago Tribune review guy. And <laughs> we went and saw Uncut Gems, which like I knew what I was getting myself into, but he did not. And he was like, I was like "Why do they have to swear so much?" Like again, and I was like, "Dad." I don't know. I, trust me, you and I were about as uncomfortable next to each other when I forget her name. Who was the girl who played like Adam Sandler's like mistress?
0: Oh Julia Julia God, eight, eight, Julia eight, Fox.
1: Yeah, I was like, yeah, we were both uncomfortable during all that. My guy. <laughs> that was uh that 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 scene is very silent, which makes
0: it not uh not fun when you're sitting next to your parent in the theater. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: tough. That was, uh what does she do anymore? Does she make any more movies? I guess no one's really making movies right now. I don't know why I would assume she's... I don't
0: still. think she's a... Is she an actress by trade? I think she was like... A, I think that's one of her first movies, honestly.
1: Uh, that sounds like the Safdie brothers.
0: Yeah. I, I was watching like... Or I went... uh I I went and saw Uncut Gems at at, at the uh, Cinerama Dome, and there was a Q and A with Sandler and the Safdie brothers afterward, hosted by Sean Fennessy of The Big Pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, yeah. they uh, yeah yeah right up his alley, but the, apparently like they when they were hiring her, she was like, "Should I get an acting coach?" And they were like, "No, no." <laughs>
1: Like, we hired you to do you. Also, very random Adina Menzel performance, but. Honestly, well,
0: like, she's really good in the movie at just, like, being mad at, at Adam Sandler. Or, as
1: John Travolta would say, I would have do Yeah.
0: Adela does <laughs> <laughs> That's. I think that's one of my favorite Oscars moments. The wickedly talented. It's like, who? <laughs> who? and then there's the next year where they bring him back they're like it's a bit now they, they we've got to like have them awkwardly interacting again and he's like touching her and being like oh adina and she's like "Oh."
1: <laughs> it's really weird seeing john travolta in like early movies like he was in carrie and it's like, he looks like such a normal person, and now he just, like, doesn't look like a human being.
0: Yeah, like, there's something about John Travolta where it's it's now knowing what we know about him, it's insane to think that he could have ever been perceived as, like, a normal guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so this this was really funny. the The other day I was on Instagram... And Guy Fieri posted a photo with, with where he was just, like, at John Travolta's house. And uh, that is just, like, the most random pairing of two people I think I could ever think of. That's awesome.
1: I love that. I love being famous. Do whatever you want, I guess. I was like, I'm so glad
0: that this photo exists. Should we get into our, our Oscars here? It's 2011 Oscars. Let's do it. So the nominees from this year were The King's Speech, which was the eventual winner, Black Swan, directed by Darren Aronofsky, The Fighter*, Up uh, with Marky Mark, Inception, Chris Nolan's brain-bending thriller, The Kids Are All Right, um, really just like a, a dramedy um, with a ton of talented actors, and, and Mia Wazakowska, who you do not like.
1: Wazowski.
0: <laughs> Uh, 127 Hours where James Franco cuts off his arm (laughs) The Social Network I mean, what more needs to be said about The Social Network that we won't say uh, coming up Toy Story 3, uh, Pixar's landmark sequel to their flagship franchise True Grit, the Coen Brothers Western starring Jeff Bridges and Winter's Bone, uh, which launched the career of Jennifer Lawrence uh it's a pretty good crop of movies i feel like
1: yeah absolutely i think all these are uh really entertaining and i was able to find a lot of these at my local library back when i watched them for the first time
0: the library in canopy canopy was clutch i used my library card for that That that's awesome
1: yeah i used canopy to watch (laughs) a movie that we'll be discussing tonight
0: yeah. There's also, like, there's some, like, weird ones where I wouldn't have expected them to be Best Picture nominees in here, too. Like, Inception, that seems weird, looking back on this. The Kids Are Alright, that doesn't really seem like an Oscars drama. Toy Story 3, like, that's that's strange. Winter's Bone, but I, I like that they're in there.
1: Well, it's the second year of 10, which I still don't think they had figured it out yet. <laughs>
0: I kinda I I kinda liked that they hadn't figured it out. They were just like, you know what, we kinda like some of these movies, let's just give it a nomination.
1: They were probably like, Fuck, why did we why did we nominate Up last year? Now we have to nominate Toy Story Three.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well they they definitely like uh they definitely were like, Shit, Toy Story Three is a lot better than Up. Yep. And yep. it deserved to be in here. Gotta give it a nomination again.
1: Damn it. Do you Want to start with your number five? Or do you want me to start with my number
0: five? Um, I could start with my number five. Do you want me to start here? Yeah. So, uh, and number five on my list is "The Kids Are Alright," starring Julianne Moore, Annette Benning, Josh Hutcherson, oh, yeah. uh, Mark Ruffalo, Mia Wasikowska. As we uh, mentioned before, it's. Um, just like a, a a nice little like comedy drama type of thing about these two kids who have have lesbian mothers and they just want to meet the um, the sperm donor that led to their birth and uh, it's Mark Ruffalo who is like definitely like a a douchey hipster type uh, that just really like throws their family in disarray and I I had seen this the year it came out. And I forgot how funny it was, like i I think i but i 'm glad that there's like a good sense of humor, and a lot of the people in the movie are giving good performances, especially especially ruffalo Annette benning and and Julian Moore. I thought they were all great together um, and yeah it was just I was just happy that this movie. Because uh, I was I was worried it was going to like age poorly watching it now where they were trying to make it like the uh, this is the movie where we speak to the lesbian experience and I feel like it didn't do that and it's a lot more humble I think it's better for it
1: Yeah I like the kids are all right I think it's uh, I think it was like a good watch I love Mark Ruffalo's character in it with like his motorcycle um... <laughs> he's 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 like his his restaurant where he's going to the like
0: banging the woman from the local co-op to get like pressure tomatoes and cucumbers
1: (laughs) i uh i i I, this is just like such a random like julianne moore just finds her way into like really like good movies all the time i have no idea how famous she is she just always finds her way into like a best nominated like she's always in like oh like this is nominated for best picture and like now every time julianne moore's in a movie She's either like sorta of getting talked about for a nomination or the movie's sorta of getting talked about. She just really uh She's famous, man. Like she's a big deal. She really is. And like honestly, she deserves to be. Like I
0: even in movies where I kind of feel like she has no right to like be good in that role, she is like I even like her in uh uh like Game Change that that, that movie where she's playing Sarah Palin which is, like, a straight-to-TV HBO movie. But, like, she still, like, really brings it. And, like, even in this, this is a lot different of a role than that. This is a lot more, like, mellow, I guess. But she's still, like, she's still wonderful in it.
1: Google is teaching me some crazy things right now. So I Googled Mark Ruffalo just to, like, look at his face while we talked about this movie. Turns out (laughs) he's, like, paralyzed in his face a little bit. Really? Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I did not read the article. And then even crazier is I then Googled Julianne Moore because I was curious how old she was. Fifty nine, by the way. Also Woo. She has early onset Alzheimer's. Oh yeah. that's sad. Like I hadn't heard what that. A, what a Google. I'm gonna stop Googling things. <laughs> that's my final <laughs> answer.
0: Only only bad news came up.
1: <laughs> the kids are actually, it's a, it's a good movie to look at too. I like, uh, I like movies set when it's like bright and like the weather seems like it's always nice and Josh Hutcherson's looking all short and happy in it. Yeah,
0: the, the, the most ridiculous thing in this movie is them talking about Josh Hutcherson playing basketball. I'm like, he's like 5'6. No way
1: he's on a basketball team. This was what this was like two years before he'd go on to be Pizza Malak.
0: Before he was uh dressing himself up and laying in the leaves in the Hunger Games.
1: Ridiculous. That's like that's I love that movie though. I mean I don't love that movie, but like I'll watch that movie I'll watch Hunger Games like once a day. That movie, I've seen that movie like a dozen times.
0: The the first two are like actually kind of fun. I don't really like the first one. I, I like the second one, and then like the third, the third one like just really fell off a cliff for me. And then I just didn't even see the
1: fourth Speaking one. Speaking of the third one, Julianne Moore. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, and and Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> like strange oh, that man. He was so good. He was so fucking good in the second one. God damn, that was a last really uh, role god I, I i wish he
0: could still be making movies um yeah, it's so sad that he's got it i it, I think um another thing I really liked about this movie is that like they were playing a lot of like fun poppy music, and then they were also like talking like they were talking about like Joni Mitchell every once in a while and stuff too, and I'm like, this really does just feel like a movie that's catering to my interests here.
1: Did that movie feel realistic in any way to you? Uh, The Kids Are All Right?
0: Not super real. I mean, like, it's definitely played in, like, a naturalistic way, but it's, like, really goofy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it
1: kind of reminded me of, like, Secret Life of the American Teenager, where, like, there's just, like, this... These kids meet, like, their dad that they probably, like, in a real world would probably never actually get the chance to meet. And then... Like you know chaos masseuse,
0: yeah, exactly, like they they if I think if I was the two kids, and i I met him, and then he turned out to be so different than I thought, I would have been like, Okay, nice, well, I'm not talking to him again, I guess,
1: yeah, I would be like, all right, bye, <laughs> good, good, that was fun, yeah. you tried. <laughs> Maybe I'll, like,
0: text you on my birthday or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think we can move on to the nominations here. Uh, the Kids Are Alright was nominated four times, did not win in any category. The one I wanted to zoom in on um, was the Best Actress in a Leading Role category. Natalie Portman won for Black Swan. Annette Benning was nominated for this movie. Um, Nicole Kidman was nominated for Rabbit Hole, which I have, I have no idea what that is. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence was nominated for Winter's Bone. And uh, Michelle Williams was nominated for Blue Valentine. How do you feel about Natalie Portman taking this one? A home? very
1: pregnant Natalie Portman won this Oscar, if you've ever seen the video. Yeah, I saw,
0: they, they had it. It was like one of the main things that they had on the page as I was going through grabbing all the Oscars info.
1: Um, I don't know. I have I have a weird relationship with Black Swan. I don't, I think Natalie Portman is like good in it, but um, you know, she probably should have gotten an Oscar at some point in her career. And this isn't a bad place to give it to her because I mean, they're not going to honor Jay Law on her first appearance. Um, the yeah. Oscars hate Michelle Williams. Um, I don't even know what they, they really do. I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: it's just it, it's a tragedy because michelle williams is so good but
1: i'm good with this you know what good for Natalie portman because then she can get nominated for jackie the year that emma stone won and just not show up because she knew she wasn't gonna win and i love that for i fucking (laughs) love that for
0: (laughs) that is like that is honestly like a a gigantic flex it's amazing (laughs) it's like you know what i'm
1: not gonna win fuck all of you I'm, i'm joe pesci in this shit see you later
0: it's like you know what I don't even give a shit about your ceremony, little ceremony, okay? My movie so made one hundred
1: thousand dollars. Fuck you.
0: Yeah, I'm gone. I'm out. What's uh? What's your number five? Wolf? My number
1: five, I I'm almost positive is higher on your list. It's Toy Story three.
0: Yes, that is higher on my list. What's your what's your four? My then? number
1: four is Winter's Bone. Um.
0: Okay, this is a good this is a good place to do one. Witcher's Bone was not on my list, but it just barely was six I for me.
1: Just this was the one movie I had to catch before I like completed all these Oscars. And I did not really expect to think much of it, but I just thought it was like a really realistic portrayal of like the drug scene in like the Ozarks. I felt like it was very like um, very very like a very like subdued story. I liked how I think Jennifer Lawrence had a really good like you kind of like see like her presence on the screen, where like she obviously was young, it wasn't fully there as an actress yet, but like every time she was on the screen, which was like the whole movie, you were like locked in, and I thought John Hawks was mm-hmm. like a really good like second fiddle to her in a way where like he could kind of like carry the really emotional scenes really really well and uh I just thought like the movie was it didn't overstay its welcome um I I like the cinematography and I liked how they kind of like put you into this world where like it's I mean it's not a world I've ever been in so I, I it was nice to like be able to, like immerse myself in what was going on
0: it really does. It's like sink you in her perspective too, where you just see like all these things that she kind of wishes she could do with her life, and then she's kind of stuck, basically being a mother to these kids. And yeah, like the dad, John Hawkes. John Hawkes is great as as the uncle too. I know you mentioned that, but like, yeah, just brings like a, a like a sense of danger to a lot of the scenes where you just don't know what that guy is mm-hmm. gonna do. Like especially that that scene where. Um they're like getting pulled over by the cops and he like pulls out the gun and he's like, you know, like, am I gonna have to draw on you yeah. basically? Thought that was a really great scene. That was a standout for me.
1: Yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy I liked this movie. It was one I definitely kinda like hemmed and hawed with for a long time just because it was like always on streaming and then like it suddenly wasn't, but yeah. luckily it was on canopy and um It's a good like indication of Jennifer Lawrence's next like five years between like between to 2011 through like, I don't even, I can't, I don't know the order of when things came out, but like I think Silver Linings Playbook came after American Hustle. Mm -hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. So this kind of like got her going, you know what, let me pull up, let me pull up a quick IMDb on Jennifer Lawrence, because she's someone that you and I were talking about where like, I mean, it's been like five years since she's done something worthwhile, and that's like not not what you want for someone who like kind of okay. So she was in Silver Linings. Oh oh wow! I'm so I'm so wrong. So she did Winter's Bone. Couple movies I never heard of. Then she finally was in X Men. Then Hunger Games. Then Silver Linings Playbook. And then House at the End of the Street, which fucking sucks. And then the movie, I don't know, (laughs) Hunger Games Catching Fire, American Hustle, Back to X-Men, Serena. Oh, that got terrible reviews. Wasn't that the movie with, like, uh, Bradley Cooper? Yeah, and it's directed by
0: uh, Suzanne Beer, the director of of Bird Box.
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And then both Hunger Games, Joy, which wasn't as good. I didn't see it, but I know people didn't like it very much. Another X-Men, my God. Passengers, which blue, and then Mother, which I've never seen. Yeah. And I know some people love it.
0: Passengers. I went and saw that movie and the quick tangent on Passengers. I, I, Like the fact that they have uh, that like opening where you are just with Chris Pratt for the first like half hour of the movie and you just watch him basically be like, you know what? This, this this chick is hot. I'm going to open up her time capsule and kill her. It's like, what are you doing, Respect. man?
1: You're an asshole. I, just, <laughs> I don't know who I was with when I saw this movie. It might have been you. I just remember, like, we were probably, like, halfway in. I think Lawrence Fishburne was probably finally around. And I was like, what is this movie about? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, what? What's happening here? Anyway, that's that's all I got on Winter's Bone and I'll I'll stop bashing my girl too. She's gonna be in that movie though, don't look up where when you look up that movie, it's coming out at some point. That movie's got everybody. If you are an actor, you're Oh. Out.
0: Maybe that'll be her big like her big return, you know? Yeah. Like what we'll, we'll be like like, you know, we're sitting here now and and we're going like where where what happened to Jennifer Lawrence and then that movie is, will come out will be like, oh, I don't even know why I was why I was questioning this anymore. Yeah, I
1: mean, like, to the, <laughs> to the common movie watcher, people still really like her because they just, like, kind of like, oh, Hunger Games and Silver Linings Playbook and won an Oscar.
0: Yeah, like, she's still a big star. I, I'm, I'm sure... It's, yeah, I'm sure that'll be, like, a big
1: comeback. It's for been her. a long time.
0: The... The... The nomination this so this this got four nominations and no wins the, the ironically the nomination i wanted to zero in for this one as well was actress in a leading role i think though for this part i just want to focus on like how different a, of a role this is for jennifer lawrence now like in hindsight because she's normally such a like a ditzy like goofy person in movies and sh- in this she's really just kind of like uh very understated and just like no nonsense which I, I actually like seeing that that side of her I kind of wish she'd do more.
1: It kind of feel like her Hunger Games character in a way just like maybe a little yeah. more maybe like her head screwed on a little straighter
0: yeah yeah like a little bit less of a like like in this a lot of the motions are like under it, like beneath the surface sort of thing you know which i feel like she doesn't it just doesn't
1: do that as much anymore no i don't know what she does anymore i'm like quite honestly like all i all i'm aware of from is that she does like x-men movies yeah
0: pretty much and
1: x-men hunger king i mean
0: I guess, I guess we'll see, but don't look up. But yeah, I, I would love for just like her to... I want to see like the next move, you know? Like I want to see like the next version of her in a movie, if that makes sense.
1: I also assume we're going to talk about Best Supporting Actor at some point, but John Hawks lost. But I'll leave it at that because I know we'll probably talk about it later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Actually, we'll get there
0: very soon because number four on my list is The Fighter.
1: It's higher on my list.
0: Okay, so we will punt on that. Uh, my number three, then, is True Grit. Do you have this on your list? We'll talk about it now, then. I um, I remember seeing this movie with my dad in theaters. I don't know why my dad decided that this was the movie to take, like, you know, 13-year-old me to, but, uh, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it, and I bought it on Blu-ray, and then I... Probably have watched it like about twice since then. And I don't know why I watch it so little because it's, it's just a really good movie. It's a really solid Western. Uh, Jeff Bridges is awesome in the movie. Haley, Haley Steinfeld. uh, is really good. Like just an absolute revelation in the movie. Um, And she just like commands every scene she's in. And uh, Matt Damon, I, I love Matt Damon in this movie. It's such like an overlooked role for him, but it's so fun as him as the beef. And um, yeah, it's just like a really solid Western. And maybe I guess that's why it's not talked about is it's very, it's like, it's a very straight up movie, you know, like it's just, they're just like, we're doing a Western and um, it's just not like a popular genre anymore. And I, I really wish it was, but I'm glad that this at least got nominated for Best Picture.
1: I have not seen... True Grit, since it came out, like since I saw it on Christmas, that's probably <laughs> the last time that like my family went to a Christmas movie that I like walked out and I was like, that was a really good movie. Or Rogue One. Uh, I'll be honest, I liked Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue One,
0: Rogue One's fun too.
1: Um, I, I think you're I remember okay really with that. liking this movie. I remember really like this is probably one of my first Jeff Bridges like moments. And I was like, oh, who is this guy? Like, this guy's cool. Like, I'm I'm into this. And um, it definitely... my Like, my experience with Westerns up until then was, like, when my mom and dad would make me watch, like, Bonanza or, like, Gunsmoke on, like, TV Land. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this was kind of a cool way of, like, seeing how, like, how different it can be.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, on... Um... I, I feel like uh, when I when I saw this movie for the first time, the only times I had seen like a western was when I, if I like accidentally woke up too early and flipped on AMC and like a, a random like fifties western was on. But yeah, like the Coen brothers sort of take on it where they're doing, like they're 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 doing their thing, but then they're also like still adhering to like western <laughs> conventions. That I I really like. It's just like, it's just a little breath of fresh air.
1: Yeah. Haley Lou kind of, not Haley Lou, Haley Steinfeld. Man, they got like the same name. I didn't realize that. It's close. (laughs) Haley Steinfeld. she She was like a big deal. I remember she got nominated like all over the place for this movie. Like it was like a cool, like badass performance. And I don't really think she's, she's found that sense.
0: Not even not even like close. She's more like I feel like she's playing characters now that are more like close to her real life persona maybe. Yeah. But uh she's like not really been as good in anything else since I, uh,
1: I liked her in Edge of Seventeen and I I mean I haven't seen the Pitch Perfect sequels, my bad, shoot me, someone take my film card. Oh man, you would have
0: to literally pay me to see the <laughs> pitch perfect sequels.
1: Oh, um. And then she's in this movie called Barely Lethal, where she plays like a girl, like a young girl assassin who goes and lives with like a normal family. She's not good in it. It has uh, it has uh, Dove Cameron, who I think's a really good actress, and Dove Cameron's like running circles around her in like the few scenes that she's in.
0: Uh, We... You also forgot to mention that she is, of course, uh, Emily Dickinson in the Apple TV Plus TV series Dickinson.
1: That, that looks kind of <laughs> cool. I remember they would show like previews of it in the movie theater, and I was like, oh, cool, and then like, Apple TV Plus, and I'm like, we'll never watch it.
0: Yeah, it's like, well, damn, I guess I'm not going to see that. I had it free
1: <laughs> for like a few more months because I got a new phone with Verizon, and I've used it to watch greyhound and on the rocks very it would be very much worth like six dollars a month greyhound
0: greyhound i i it 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 was coming out when i was in the middle of an it's always sunny in philadelphia binge on hulu i just got fucking barraged with that trailer by hulu (laughs) I, I it was like it was, it was like every commercial break. I was just doing like well rain
1: hell on them from on high knew in their fucking commercials. <laughs> God damn. I'm like what are they gonna even show on there without the the election anymore? I know,
0: right? I can't get uh like more ads from uh Uber about Trop twenty two anymore.
1: Have you seen the original True Grit?
0: I have not. I've well I've seen bits and pieces and this is an interesting like counterpoint to that movie because a, a it's more like book
1: accurate. I've read, I've oh, read book. I read I read the book. The Coen Brothers thing. Uh, they love making like to the to, like to the book. Like that's how No Country for Old Men was.
0: Yeah, like I think their process for writing like book adaptations is to literally like have it open. Like the first draft is just like having the book open and like transcribing it into a computer, basically.
1: <laughs> you know, that's a great way to do it. I mean, hell yeah. I mean, like, it's not like it's not your story, like, it's someone else's story. You should honor them a little more than some of these other movies do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think that this, I think that. Well oh, they they always choose good material to do it with too because I think like the issue with the older one is it's John Wayne, so and he's playing Rooster Cogburn, so like and he's playing the Jeff Bridges role, so like it becomes more about Rooster than about the little kid. Whereas like in this one I like how you know like the title True Grit they they you know, like, they use it initially where it's about the Jeff Bridges character, but, like, watching the movie, you realize that it's actually about Haley Steinfeld, and I, I don't think that, like, the John Wayne version gets that as right, and I, I I, like that they they definitely refocus that in this one, and this one's just, like, a little bit darker. Like, it still has those funny moments, but it's still a little dark, well, too. Well,
1: at least John Wayne played a white person in, uh, in that true grit instead of some okay. of his other performances. He's not... He's not Genghis
0: Khan <laughs> this time. <laughs> um, this movie had ten nominations had no, no wins. wins.
1: <laughs> what the fuck what what everything what no this year? Oh wow I know, right? Like well we're yeah, we're gonna we get to it in a little bit. The
0: the one I wanted to zero in on was directing. Uh Tom Hooper, one for the King's
1: good for him. Uh, to,
0: yeah, to, <laughs> Yes, the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre director came out. He uh, liked to use some negative space within his cinematography to make you feel uncomfortable in the King's speech. Well, it worked. <laughs> uh, Darren Aronofsky was nominated for directing Black Swan, David O. Russell for The Fighter, David Fincher for The Social Network, and The Coen Brothers for True Grit. Um Boy, they just really like chose the one wrong choice in this group here.
1: Is it? It's almost like they knew that Cats wasn't going to get the love it deserved, so they had to give Tom Hooper the Oscar. Now they're so, like, I think
0: I don't, I don't know if this guy is going to be able to do well, <laughs> well later on. Well, we'll give it to him for this. Oh one. my
1: god, this is kind <laughs> of a miss. I mean, I, I don't think Darren Aranasi does a very good job. Maybe it's the direction I don't like about Black Swan. Uh, fincher oh my god that's a mess (laughs) that's a giant mess yeah
0: how are you not giving it to fincher for the social network like come on they gave it to uh
1: yeah that's bullshit wow
0: fincher literally like talking with with um with aaron sorkin about the script and being like well, first of all, hemming Aaron Sorkin in, which in, in the years since then, we've realized what, what a task that is. And then uh, also like talking to him and being like, hey, buddy, your script is like 160 pages. And he's like, oh yeah, but it's a two-hour movie. And he's like, how is that? Oh, you just got to talk fast. And then David Fincher like literally just like having a timer on set and, and being like, if you are above this amount of time in a dialogue scene. I swear to god, like we're going to do this until you're doing it as fast as Aaron Sorkin.
1: Well, man, this this really was one of the last years of Weinstein and his, like so cold on Hollywood. He really pushed King's speech down our throat.
0: Yeah, it like I feel like that's 100% what this what this was. It's, it's just uh it's just Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein just being really good at, like, lobbying his movies, I guess. Uh,
1: this is a big mess. This is a weird... I mean, this is a good year, but when you look at some of the big big awards, you're like, oh, wow, really? Yeah. Like, I don't hate the King's Speech, but just, like, the, giving
0: that the best directing Oscar feels really, really strange. They could have
1: basically just flipped all the awards with, like, King's Speech and Social Network, and they, you know, anyway, anyway... Do you want me to... They, they should have. Should I do my number <laughs> three? Yes, sir. My number three is... I'm going to do Inception. as my number three.
0: Oh, okay. This is a fun one. All right. What do you like I about it? I think Inception is
1: one of those movies that, like, made me want to watch more movies. Because I, I saw it in that film class in high school, even though I missed, like, the the first part of ellen page and and uh leo walking around being like look at all the buildings move
0: you you missed him like walking up to her and being like here you have a minute draw a maze that i can't solve
1: but i just like i love how this movie looks i love like the story doesn't like always make sense but there's just something like, where you're able to just like, I've always been able to just like suspend belief a little bit with Chris Nolan films. And you just get so immersed yeah. with it. And it's such a fun movie to revisit. I remember I watched it again, a few years ago in college, it like one of my friends had never seen it. And we were just like, you don't even Inception?" Somehow that's become a movie where it's like, you've never seen Inception. The fuck? Yeah, it really has. It really has. It's become like a boys
0: locker room movie in roofed. a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, I dude.
1: because I'd never seen uh, the original Men in Black. <laughs> that's the most random movie to roast somebody like, over, I feel oh, like. My bad. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I
0: mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I do like the first Men in Black, but that's just so random to be like, you're kidding me! You haven't seen I, many. Should I have
1: texted back? You've never seen Nell.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Just,
0: you're telling me you haven't watched Red <laughs> well, Shoes. What's the big
1: game, man? Nell. Nell. Uh, you <laughs> kidding Nell? me? Um, I I just love, I just like love being a part of Inception. I don't know, like I understand, like there's like obvious plot holes here and there. It's like hard to follow. It's kind of a mess. But Leo and all of his white on the snow, and they're all in their white, and they're all on the on their on their snowmobiles. Like just scenes like that, just like get me, and like I don't even need. And I just love like cars falling in the water, and like everyone's moving. It's like dream with a dream with a dream. It's like what is going on? This is awesome, and just stuff like that. Like it kind of reminds you why I like movies so much because you just kind of get like just in it. You're just a part of it.
0: Exactly. Exactly, like, this is, pro- This is like, probably one of the most, like, picked-apart movies of- from the last, like, ten years, just because, like, it it became so popular that then people were like, well, now that you all love it, now's the time for me to go and point out every plot hole that, that I could possibly find. <laughs> was, like, some are glaring and some aren't, but, like, if you just sit and, like, watch the movie you just have a really good time with it like it's it's just a really it's just a really fun movie to go through and the the concept of like going in into multiple dreams and stuff like that i feel like is really fun because christopher nolan like literally uses it as a way to just be like i can design one good set piece around this location and we're just going to it doesn't matter why we're setting a dream here we're going to set a dream here you know
1: i love the cast as well like you know, it's like Nolan, like some of them are Nolan veterans. Like, you know, JGL would go on to be in Dark Knight Rises along with Hardy. And obviously Leo is fantastic in this movie. It's like, it, it, yeah. I like Ellen Page. So, I mean, there's a lot to like about this movie. Definitely a lot of like things you can poke apart, but like Christopher Nolan doesn't give a fuck. Like, he doesn't care. Exactly. He, he, he probably doesn't, he's like picking apart, whatever. You're literally just, you're literally just making your life miserable. Christopher Nolan, like,
0: I, I think he probably is just like, you know, people are like, well, the, the dream within a dream thing doesn't really make sense. Christopher Nolan's like, you do realize that I just took a fucking room and I spin it. I said, I didn't spin it for the scene, right? Like and I did all that shit for real by the way. Like I strapped Joseph Gordon-Levitt into that room and spun him in circles. <laughs> Just have fun. You told me <clears throat> that's not real? I can't accept. <laughs> Where is this technology and why can I go multiple layers <laughs> in dreams and blah blah blah? That
1: movie made 836.8 million dollars.
0: Woo!
1: Bringing in the box. That's why. That's why WB loves oh, that movie. Guys. Had a budget of 160 million. Fun fact: When I looked up Passengers tonight, that budget was 110 million, somewhere between 110 and 150 million. So, oh god.
0: Oh man. I I think it's safe to say that Passengers didn't make it its made money
1: 303 back. million dollars. <laughs> but I guess that budget normally I don't think includes marketing.
0: Yeah, I feel like I uh, there's the whole like Steven Soderbergh like keynote speech that he gave, probably like close to seven years ago at this point. But like basically, marketing is so expensive that in order for a big budget movie to make its money back at this point, you actually need to double the number just to get back to zero, which is just nuts. It's just
1: nuts that's, when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's a lot of money. But uh, um, what uh, what was Inception nominated for?
0: Well, it got eight nominations. It got four wins. A lot of like technical category stuff. So I thought, I thought we would have a little fun with this one and and just talk about the fact that it got nominated for best original screenplay, which The King's Speech won for. Uh, the other nominees were Another Year, written by Mike Lee, The Fighter. Written by uh, Scott Silver and Paul Tomasi and Eric Johnson. As a story by Keith Dorrington and Paul Tomasi and Eric Johnson. Um, Inception, as I mentioned, written by just Christopher Nolan. I and mean, The Kids Are Alright, written by Lisa Chillandinko and Stuart Bloomberg. So I have I have a lot of I have a lot of nits to pick with this category. First of all, the King's Speech and the Fighter. Based off of two real life events. How is this original screenplay? And then and then third, Inception. They nominate Inception for the one thing that everybody rips on it now for, which is the screenplay where there's a ton of plot holes. That <laughs>
1: just made me laugh uh, seeing that. This is why everyone hates the King's Speech. Because what the fuck is this? Why did it win all these awards? It's like it's a good movie, sure, but like what are yeah. we doing?
0: <laughs> And just, like, what, what is this? Uh, this, uh, this is definitely some chicanery by Weinstein here. Like, how is this an original screenplay? Like, this
1: actually happened. You know? World War II actually happened. <laughs> Do I want to know what should have won? Scott Pilgrim versus. What should have won? Hell, yes. Ah, well, that would have been adapted, going, though, because right. that was... God damn, yeah. whatever. This year, apparently, everything's original.
0: <laughs> you know what yeah like this is the year where they were like original screenplay oh What's that would that? be like
1: if they just gave it to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows <laughs> this year original give, a, give it to True Grit or...
0: <laughs> like I just, I just couldn't believe that when I was on the Oscars site looking at this and I'm like okay first of all you nominated Inception for best screenplay I think everybody's everybody's agrees like the weakest part about it, and then and then somehow you just nominate two things based off of real life in original screenplay. Like what? Is, what in the hell are you
1: doing, Oscar? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was Shutter Island huh. released this year? I believe so. Yeah. Where, where, where are their nominations? Yeah, I know, right? Like, anyway, I thought maybe Easy A. Easy A's dope. Be a fun original screenplay. <laughs> you know what may as well, honestly.
0: Okay, I think I know just to go back on Shutter Island for a second, I think I think it didn't I'm sorry. I, I think I think it uh didn't uh I don't think it got any any awards consideration because it was funny, released yeah. in February. Yeah, fuck the uh, uh, old ass members of the Academy uh, with I a don't short you memory. I
1: remember what I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How am I supposed to remember
0: a movie that came out in February? I don't even <laughs> remember my dog's name. What's your
1: <laughs> What's your number two? That's where we're at
0: we are at number two. My number two was my number one in our Disney Pixar draft. It is Toy Story 3. Um, Toy Story 3 was, what, five on your list, I think, right? Oh,
1: yeah, it was five on my list. I thought you were, like, throwing back to my Pixar list, and I'm like, you're kidding. (laughs) No, 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 no. yeah. That was was too long ago. That was too long ago. Um...
0: I've gushed about this movie before. Uh, This is probably my favorite Pixar movie. And we have a whole podcast about Pixar. Go and listen to that one. This is a good movie. Five nominations, two wins. Um, I wanted to look at the Best Animated Feature category, where Toy Story 3, of course, won. Because, you know, if you're getting a Best Picture nomination... And you're either in the foreign film or animated feature category. I feel like it's a pretty good sign uh, for the lower ones. Uh, The nominees, the other nominees, only two other ones was How to Train Your Dragon and The Illusionist. I'm glad that they gave Toy Story 3 this win, but How to Train Your Dragon slaps,
1: too. I've never seen How to Train Your Dragon, but Edward Norton's really good in The Illusionist.
0: Yeah, you know, I just, um, I love, I love Edward Norton and and Jessica Biel. They're just so good. Do you remember
1: in film class, we watched The Prestige and then we watched The Illusionist and like all of us fucking hated The Illusionist because it's literally just a worst version of The Prestige (laughs) that we had spent the last like week watching.
0: Yeah, like it, it made The Illusionist so it, because The Prestige just like rocks and and like you just get into it and you're like you're just ready to go. And then The Illusionist is a much like slower movie, and we're all like, really,
1: <laughs> this is what we've decided to follow it up with. That was weird. That was a weird move. I will say about Toy Story three is I thought about like like putting something else at five just so we could talk about it, but I just didn't feel comfortable because I, I really like Toy Story three, and I really think you know that not many animated movies need to be in Best Picture, but I, I'm not I'm not mad about this one.
0: This was, like, the one animated movie where if it won, if it actually won Best Picture, I would have been, like, pretty happy. Like, I would have been, like, hell yeah. Fucking job, guys. (laughs) That would have been, like, think about how insane that would be. Like, that would be, that would be shocking.
1: All these people, like, work their asses off trying to be, like, these great actors and, like, really, like, put this movie together. And then these people who just made this, like, incredible (laughs) animated film are just, like, fuck all of you.
0: Yeah, they're like, sorry, the uh, the winner is Tom Hanks doing Woody for five days in his pajamas.
1: I, I was looking at like uh 2021 like Oscars prediction, just kind of like giving me like an insight on what like what movies they're projecting to like matter. And in Best Actress, if you like scroll long enough, you get to Tina Fey in Soul. <laughs> God, and Soul. Like, God, that would I'm, be sure wild. She's killing it, but like, <laughs> I mean, what is this?
0: <laughs> oh, that would. Twenty twenty has been a weird year, and if that happens, that really what? just like cements it. <laughs> we won't say any more about uh, Toy Story three. What's your number My two? Number two is the Fighter. Um, the Fighter. Uh, yes.
1: What do you like about-, about the Fighter? Is it's like this really. Like there's like it's it's a movie that is just doing so many different things. Like you just have this great relationship between Christian Bale and Mark Wahlberg that like not like a good relationship, but like you get to like watch the dynamics of it. You get to see the big family, you get to see Amy Adams just cook, just absolutely cook the whole film. Um I like it's a movie that for me I didn't have like a lot of like I don't know. I expected to go into it, be like I expected to like it. And then I suddenly like was like loving this movie, the more and more it went on, and I just like it's a movie I think I want to revisit again at some point and just spend like more time with and some more time with the family with all my sisters um and I don't know <laughs> if Mark Wahlberg was like doing a great job, but there's something about his like steady his steadiness. And letting everyone just kind of do their thing around him, between like Melissa Leo and Christian Bale and Amy Adams, that I think it's really good. And I liked all the and I liked the boxing. I, I'm, I'm you know boxing movies. Boxing movies kind of work. I don't know why they work more than probably better than any other sport, but they just always work so well. <laughs>
0: They really do. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because, like, there's such a clear, like, lead up. And it's like this one match means everything. You just got to be better than the other guy, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah, Wahlberg. First of all, Wahlberg is fucking jacked in this, which is insane. Like, that's, that's the biggest excuse for anybody as, like, an actor who just, like, decides that they want to spend some time in the gym. They're just like, yeah, I'm doing a boxing movie and I'm going to have like a 12-pack and uh 10-inch pythons and, uh, just because I feel like it. Um But yeah, like the boxing's good in this movie. And I, I do agree with what you're saying about Wahlberg where maybe it's not... Am I am I like sitting here going like, nominate Mark Wahlberg for his performance in The Fighter? Probably not. But also at the same time, he's he's... Really good at like just being like you said, sort of that like constant like rock character in here. And and honestly he's a lot more like understated than mm-hmm. in a lot of his other performances, which is a nice thing to see. I would actually like to see more of that from Mark Wahlberg.
1: He didn't he wasn't really uh funding too much of his uh the departed character, which is would have been weird. That would have been a really weird I don't know if Christian Bale would have liked that very much. I feel like Christian Bale is kind of like a controlling, like, I'm no. a fucking star. I'm set. Um. Christian Bale would have been like, It's
0: unfucking
1: professional! <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you imagine that, though, it's, it's Dignam and, and Christian Bale who's like playing a crackhead. Is that a
1: troll. Sl- Christian Bale's so good in this movie. <laughs>
0: He really is, like, just a, even, like, just small scenes, like, not even, like, the the, the big showy ones, but, like, where he's at the, he's at the, like, his girlfriend's house trying to get her family to buy into, like, a pyramid scheme, which is just totally a scene I forgot about, and then I was like, shit, he's really good even in this
1: scene. (laughs) Um, This movie just kind of felt like a good reason not to live in the same town your whole life. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, it makes it makes me feel better for for moving away it from was, our hometown. Uh, it just doesn't uh, seem
1: like it's it. I would never want everyone to know exactly which crack house I was at. I would want people to have to wonder where I was.
0: Yeah, I, I like to keep my uh, crack house locations covered. Did
1: uh, did you like <laughs> this movie more, or less, the same as Creed? I like Creed better.
0: Creed is awesome. I I love I honestly love both Creed movies. This one's like Creed though is more of like a boxing sports movie and this is definitely more of like a you know like performances and uh, sort of more of like a familial drama sort of thing the sports are definitely in it throughout but this is like really relies on that a lot more. I will say though that this this movie i think has aged well in like david o russell's filmography because you know like silver linings playbook and american hustle like later on i think got a lot more i think with silver linings like a lot more like love from like a a viewing audience and then american hustle a lot more nominations but I do I do feel like this is the best movie yeah, of I those really like three. American Hustle.
1: I don't know why. Maybe I'll Oh, we saw that on Christmas. Wow, we really uh really used to light up not Star Wars on Christmas.
0: American Hustle is a real like parents movie. Because I, I, I remember like within within a week of each other, I had seen I, I watched Wolf of Wall Street with my dad and then I watched American Hustle. And my dad was like, you know, that that Wall Street movie, that was okay. But American Hustle, that one was great. I yeah, love that movie. The
1: pod. Yeah.
0: bringing Craig. Craig, what do you think? Craig, what do you, what
1: do you think about Nell, Craig? <laughs> I actually saw Nell in theaters. <laughs>
0: that would be so random. That would be a random hot take from my dad. You, you know, we would a movie like now would be perfect to talk about with my dad because it has Liam Neeson in it. And it's just like, it's just right for him getting his name wrong. It'd be like, yeah, I like that Liam Nelson guy, you know, Qui-Gon Jin. That's my favorite is, is my dad. My dad can't remember Liam Neeson's real name, but he still remembers his character's name in star Wars. <laughs> anytime time he sees he sees oh, no. Christopher Lee, he he calls him by his Star Wars name. But instead of calling him the correct name, which is Count Dooku, he he, he fucks it up and he calls him Count Doku.
1: It takes a real <laughs> a real like person to know exactly what who who your dad is talking about at any given moment.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's like you you have to have heard him fuck it up enough so then you you can be like. Dooku, Dad, dooku. (laughs) We'll do a mispronunciations podcast with my dad. That'd
1: be good good stuff.
0: (laughs) Um, The Fire received seven nominations, two wins. Christian Bale won Best Supporting Actor. John Hawks was nominated for Winter's Bone. Jeremy Renner in the town uh, just throwing absolute flames. Uh, Mark Ruffalo and the kids are all right, and then Jeffrey Rush in the King's Speech. I actually think they did pretty well for themselves yeah, in this I category.
1: So like Christian Bale, even though um, I think he just has more of like a presence in the movie, and he's doing more like acting as opposed to like runners, just kind of throwing hard balls. Renner is like
0: really doing the thing that Renner loves doing best, which is just like dialing it up for an, not just for one or two scenes though, but for like an entire fucking yeah. movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> uh, a good movie. I got to rewatch that movie. I do too. It's been it's been forever since I've seen it, but I know like the first couple of times I watched <laughs> it, I really liked it, I really enjoyed it. And
1: our number one. Shout out to 127 Hours. Hurley, what do you like about James <laughs> Yeah. Our,
0: our number one. We're going with the best picture winner, King's Speech. <laughs> our number one, Precious.
1: Bring Based it back. On one more, one more year. We don't feel like it won <laughs> enough awards. Gabriel Sidibe can't seem to find work. We're back. Precious.
0: The... um. The only, the, the two movies were most disappointed. We couldn't give a number one to Michael Clayton and Thrush oh <laughs> uh, No, our actual number one is The Social Network. Um, I, one of the best movies of the decade, if not the best movie of the decade. Uh, absolute amazing script by Aaron Sorkin. Incredible direction by David Fincher. Um Jesse Eisenberg is one of the best people ever at at doing Sorkin's dialogue. Um uh Army Hammer and Andrew Garfield just like being announced to the world in this movie. Uh Rooney Mara and like just like a couple of scenes and just like really angry and and just really good and um God, what what more can I say about this movie? Other that's a compliment, other than just to say that uh, I could literally watch this every day. And there was like a summer where this was on HBO, where I basically did watch it well, every day.
1: To give you some more names of people, um, Max Max Minghella is in it. He plays like the person who hangs out with uh, Army Hammer, the Army Hammers. Um, Divia yeah, Narendra. He goes on to be a pretty good he goes on to actually direct a little bit. He directed a movie called Teen Spirit with El Fanning that I quite enjoyed. Um and then also Justin Timberlake is actually okay in this movie, which normally he's not good, but it seemed like even he couldn't fuck up Sorkin.
0: Used used perfectly. Like uh, people always talk about how like um Fincher casting Ben Affleck in Gone Girl is really like commenting on Affleck, but it, he's this is like the the first version of that where he's like kind of making fun of Justin Timberlake by casting him in this, but also like using and also, him perfectly.
1: Um, David Fincher also managed to telegraph Dakota Johnson's future, where she more or less was used as a body in this film. We got to and it, the world was introduced to her <laughs> ass before we get introduced to much more of her in the Fifty Shades of Grey series.
0: Very true. Very true. She is good in this movie, though. Like she does give a like, a, like just incredible performance I, in that one scene. I, I'm
1: okay with Dakota Johnson. I go back and forth with her, but ever since I saw Peanut Butter Falcon, um, I've been like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe she's not that bad. <laughs> you
0: you were back I, in. I, I you love were to back in. That
1: it's it's a really tight movie. Not one beat is missed. The overlapping of like different points in time that Sorkin does so well with all the dialogue. I think this is the best version of it. Um, I love when Andrew Garfield just goes off at the end at Jesse Eisenberg. Like that's like the, my my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, there's just too much to love about this movie. Maybe too much to love.
0: Honestly, like there's I could I, I
1: could talk for literal
0: days about this movie. But like just the, it immediately sucks you in too, And it's just people talking. Like, you know, you have the opening scene where it's, it's the, the fight between Eisenberg and Rooney Mara in, in that bar. And then he gets mad and he goes and he starts doing the like face, face match thing, face match. And then, and then, you know, like it's intercut with like the people at that party. And then he's, you know, obviously gets in trouble and he's like being snarky to the people on the administrative board. And then all of a sudden, like, it just cuts to the, like the the framing device of the whole thing, which you just don't, which is like the the court case thing. And and you're just like, like, basically once they throw like upon the fact that like, oh, yeah, he's also being like, uh, we're also going to be cutting between him in two different depositions of people trying to sue him. And it's just, like, I didn't realize that anything could make the first 15 minutes better. And then you decided to do that. And now I understand that it could never, it, it, like, that this is the best way. I could never live without it being structured yeah, like it, this. Now. You,
1: like, can't take your eyes off it. There's always something happening. Um, I uh, I think it's a good example of, like, a Sorkin script like really bending and stretching and ma- manipulating the truth and but i think i think he knows how to mm-hmm, just, like, make something just so interesting and every part of it was just like um, yeah I, I, like everything mattered and everything like, and like i definitely think there's room for uh a sequel i think we should have a sequel i think we need a sequel to show how much mm-hmm. like because what Sorkin did so well in this is really captured like how much of a complete piece of shit Mark Zuckerberg was, and Jesse Eisenberg also his, yeah. his performance reflected that. And I don't know if that's something that people necessarily knew in 2010. And I think, I think probably were they so
0: so shockingly, I feel like they could be meaner on Mark oh Zuckerberg in a sequel too. Like I feel, I feel like it, it. would not only just be like he's this petty ass, but now it's like he is actively dangerous <laughs> and I endangering mean, our society. Way,
1: I mean, I, I guess I don't know how true this is. I think it's pretty true. Is the way that like the only reason he even creates Facebook is to like rate girls.
0: Yeah, like just insane. And uh, the movie, like you said, maybe this is Sorkin. Uh, you know, changing reality. But I know, like, I know his normal rule is that he tries to sort of stick to... He sort of tries to stick to, like, the idea of what some of the discussions that would have been, you know, being had at the time are. And you know, it really just does, like, a a wonderful job of doing that. And I I feel like if if they were to do another one, it, it just... I, I don't know. I mean, I, obviously, I'm there day one. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm just obviously would be there day one. And I, there's so much, there's so much to build off
1: of. Good Andrew Garfield, man. Really like, really great. Like, wow, Andrew Garfield is something.
0: I don't think I've ever liked Andrew Garfield after this movie as much as I, I like him in this one. He's great in this movie. I
1: ever will like him as much. This is such. It was a. Uh... Yeah. I love love Fincher.
0: I I do too. And, uh, you know, I think... So I've watched a lot of, like, (laughs) behind the scenes on this movie and stuff like that. And um, one thing I think uh, that, uh, you know, we, we talked about the trial of the Chicago 7 earlier and how, like, messy that is because somebody doesn't, like, rein Sorkin in enough and I feel like Fincher is a great example of how you do that which is that basically he went through Sorkin's script and like if there was any line any action description anything at all that he felt was out of place like he sat down with Sorkin and was like what is this why are we doing this can this be done in a better way and like just really challenging him and making sure that he was also on his a-game and I I think I think in a lot of ways, like he did an amazing job directing before he even ever showed up on set because he was willing to do that. I'm happy
1: the movie is like two hours. I think any more than that, it would just have become like this. Like, I don't know. It it could have gone awry if it wasn't just so tight.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's not a scene, there's not one scene that I would throw out in this movie, and that is like a huge, huge benefit to the movie also we haven't we haven't mentioned rashida jones yet which is a beat in which could totally not work in this movie and i i love her her scenes too um
1: yeah it was nice to see her that this must have been pretty yeah she must have been in the office around now or i don't know i don't know i don't know my my time frame very well maybe yeah. Maybe right good. after the good office. For her. Working with with a really good director. Yeah. I mean, she seems big on that. <laughs> um
0: this was the social network received eight nominations, three wins. Aaron Sorkin won for best adapted screenplay, good job Academy. The other nominees were 127 Hours, Toy Story 3, True Grit and Winter's Bone. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like, these other movies are good and all, but like, you know what, just, it, that's easy. Just give it to
1: Sorkin. What's Toy Story 3 based on, like, the other Toy Stories? I guess so, which,
0: you know what, like, we're really going to do, adapt it for Toy Story 3, you know, for like, being based on characters from other movies, but then... The King's Speech wins for original, and it's literally based on uh, real life people. I, uh, <laughs> it I doesn't make sense to me. Here.
1: Good for him. Well deserved. I wonder if he'll be headed to another original screenplay Oscar here. Well, would it be original? No. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know. I mean, the, the
0: Academy seems to have a, a murky relationship to uh, <laughs> I guess so. the originality of facing things on real life. <laughs> I think um so so that was both of our ones. Do you want to run through your list real quick before we create the show so list? Toy
1: Story 3, Winter's Bone, Inception, The Fighter and Social Network.
0: And then I
1: had The Kids Are All Right at 5, The
0: Fighter at 4, True Grid at 3, Toy Story 3 at 2 and The Social Network at 1. Um, well let's just start on the easy one we'll just put the social network at one and uh, call that a day what do you want at 2 here um,
1: yeah, fighter? I it would be the fighter I think the fighter is
0: a good spot at 2
1: and then we could do Toy Story Feels right
0: that's exactly what I was thinking too we'll, we'll lock it in Toy Story 3
1: 3 um, I feel like you mentioned Winter's Bone ahead, just missed your list, so that should be four or five for sure. I think that yeah, should sure. definitely make our list. Um, I would do True Grit if you're. Thinking what that. if we? Did... Yeah,
0: perfect. That was exactly what I was about to say. You want to do is True Grit at four? Okay, and then think the
1: True great, Grit and know, Winter's Bone. Know, pretty. I think that's accurate. All right, you uh, want to tell the folks the show's list Trouper, here? At Toy Story 3, The Fighter, and then winning our Academy Award, which is more important than the Academies, is The Social Network. Congrats to David Fincher and all my other friends, a part of that. Great film.
0: Congratulations to uh, everybody involved with The Social Network on winning the Five Star Academy's you, Award. You committee, to really deliberated hard on this, and we feel good. Um, should we run through a few of the other nominees here sure. that we haven't talked about just real quick? Uh, the King's I Speech. Like what do you think about The King's overrated. Speech? Yeah, I agree. It's, um, it's a fun enough movie, but I don't understand why it won Best Picture. Uh, Black Swan. Any thoughts on Black Swan? Be
1: um and it's just uh it's just kind of messy i think um everybody who likes
0: this movie should just watch red shoes instead yeah, i think
1: I that's mean, my, my i we black swan but like like the stuff with her mom just doesn't work it's like it's also
0: like I feel like it's very self-conscious in, in in a sense too where it's just like Oh, I'm a, I'm afraid that this movie is going to be boring, so now I have yeah. to like do trippy stuff that like doesn't really Dude, add I, that I, much I to, to the movie.
1: enjoy uh, Ocean's twelve guy though. He was great. Yeah.
0: Vincent Cassell. Yes. Always love seeing him in a movie. Um Hundred Twenty Seven Hours. hours like and I think hours? it deserves to
1: get nominated. I just don't have any thoughts on it. Yeah,
0: same. It was like, it was, I think it was, yeah, it was number 10 on my list, and, which is not to say that it's a bad movie at all, but yeah, it's just a movie. <laughs> I think, Here, here's a better question. Do you like, what, what would you choose, Slumdog or 127 Hours?
1: I think 127 Hours is a better movie, but I'd rather watch Slumdog Millionaire.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I, I feel the exact same. I think we covered everything.
1: Um, we, did we didn't talk about uh, with Angelina Jolie. Uh, you know, my bad.
0: That's... Uh, how could I forget? How could I forget? Is there
1: any other, any other uh, movies you want to highlight I from 2010? I feel like 2010? a lot of movies from 2010. Um, Harry Potter came out, which I didn't mention, but uh, one of my favorite Disney movies ever, Tangled came out how did that not get uh, a animated know, feature fucked. i've seen nomination. Tangled like six times i've cried every time fucking love that's, tangled
0: it's that's that's a that's a shame like that's uh, morning a glory movie.
1: a wonderful little rom-com with uh harrison ford Diane keaton and rachel mcadams and uh uh god damn it patrick wilson that movie, yeah. that movie Hums, it's oh, a yeah. good time. And then Leap Year, which is not a very well-received rom-com, but I really enjoyed Amy Adams, is just great in it. And then Matthew Good doesn't want to be there, but he's in the movie. He literally did this movie just so he could be closer to his family. <laughs> um, and,
0: oh, my God. Hey, at least, it, you know what? It, so. And then Adam a nice Scott picture.
1: was in it as well. Um, and then Unstoppable, Tony yeah. Scott, Chris Pine, Denzel Washington, Rosario Dawson. What more do you need? Moving train. How do we stop it? What more do you What more do you need in a movie? I, I I just sold myself. Honestly,
0: honestly, nothing. Then... Sign me up right now.
1: I'm, oh, I'm so buying
0: great. it for that runaway <laughs> I, train.
1: I watched that with my parents. They actually they both like it. <laughs>
0: It's a good, like, fam- family movie. It's a good movie to watch with your family because it's just, like, it's just action then, from all yeah, the wall, you know?
1: Which I think is probably the best... Let me think about that. One of the best high school teen drama movies in the last 10 years. They, really like, ages, really. well, like, when she's basically this channeling canary- Ferris Bueller with the pocket full of sunshine, like... First few minutes of that movie, I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm I'm so ready for whatever Emma Stone's you to do.
0: So good. Absolutely. So good. <laughs> um the the ones that I wanted to mention from this year, there's Submarine, which is a nice little like coming of age movie out of England. Beginners, which is Mike Mills film with Ewan McGregor and Melanie Laurent and Christopher Plummer. It's a really good movie. If you like twenty first century women. Ah, uh, you'll like beginners. You should watch it. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which absolutely rocks. I love that movie. It's that's like another one that's just incredibly easy to watch all the time, um, and I do. Um, uh, Meeks cut off. Kelly Reichert's Western um, about uh, some Western travelers who uh, get lost and kind of question the the leadership. That's uh, a really good movie. It's really understated. Michelle Williams is fantastic, as always. Mm. Um, and I believe it's on Hulu. So, strong recommend. And then the other guys, I, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention the other guys. I would have to do a desk pop uh, if I was, uh, if I didn't mention the other guys, but I did. So my ceiling goes unshot was that a today. Reference? Mm. <laughs> That's cool. It was. They 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 walk to Farrell and they're like they're like, Hey man, you ever used your gun in the office before? He's like, What? No.
1: It. Like, it's called a desktop man. Do a Never desktop. Right I watched now. that on New Year's Eve one year with my parents. Good good year. That's a fun it's um, a fun New Year's Eve movie. The Scott Pilgrim versus the World yep. cast is just insane.
0: That's a hundred percent
1: H. 12 right there. Um, what has Scott to is Me thinking Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Cera were the same guy for like six years.
0: Are they? Do you know what? <laughs> I've never seen them in a room together.
1: <laughs> they bring such different energy, but they look the same. Yeah, they're just meek white guys. <laughs> you uh, want to tell the folks it's coming on next week movie club to precious based on the novel pushed by Sapphire come
0: yeah. on back yes we are <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're actually doing broadcast news from 1987 one of my mom's
1: really? favorite movies is she, so, so is she coming on yeah no, um, no, I'll I don't think so. My, I, I've wanted to see broadcast news for a while. It's been in my Netflix DVD queue for months, and I just gave a big, big, big middle finger to the Netflix DVD people, and it's coming to streaming, so fuck yeah. Did you see we did it again? Yeah. We literally watched Thief. What happened? The next day, it came HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs>
0: You're shitting me. Oh my god. We gotta stop <sighs> what fucking
1: bullshit man before right before at the end of the month. This is no ridiculous, what, dude.
0: This is making me like not feel bad for all the times I've pirated stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. That sucks though. Go watch days. Leaf though, everybody. Yes, and, and you'll hear our full discussion on it next week. Um, thank you, Lee Daniels, for this fine for this precious little podcast. Bye everybody.